I doing tonight? But that kind of... If only your sports team showed that kind of enthusiasm. How dare you? You know, with that kind of enthusiasm, maybe the Eagles would have won more than one Super Bowl. (laughs) Against arguably the worst Patriots team in the past 20 years. That's all right. Might have a little asterisk. This one's worse. This year's worse. (laughs) But you know what, Joe? It's the holiday season. I'm not going to make you feel bad about your poor excuse for an American city. No, because I'm not going to do it. The city itself does that for me all year long. <laughs> I want to welcome everybody to the first official, unofficial Glass Cannon Network holiday party, huh? Yeah! yeah! Happy holidays, everybody. I already regret this hat. I'm sweating. Oh, yeah. It's a million degrees up here. I'm so pissed. I wanted to get eggnog. We forgot to get eggnog. Yeah, we didn't get eggnog. Skid, I know you don't like it, but... I, I hate it. I hate eggnog. it, yeah. Uh... However, instead of playing Pathfinder tonight, we will be reenacting the famous Charles Dickens classic, A Christmas Carol. (laughs) Who am I playing? Chapter one. (laughs) Molly was dead, after all. To begin with, Marley begin was with, dead I'm sorry. to begin with. <laughs> you call Leave it your... to Cabot Akaza to correct me. <laughs> you call yourself a Christmas fan. You don't know Christmas. You wouldn't know Christmas if it hit you in the face. I've been looking forward to this show for, for at least the entire year. Haven't you? Oh, yeah. Well, I have. But for one Obviously. thing, it's... I... I like doing shows during a convention weekend, right? Yes. So isn't that more fun? Oh, yeah. Because you play games all weekend long. You get to, like, return to your gaming roots. We get to remember a time when we enjoyed doing this. Before people complained about literally everything we do. <laughs> Welcome to the media, man. That's right. No such thing as bad press. (laughs) No, there is. There is. (laughs) Believe me, I know. I'll uh, (laughs) I'll put that to the test. Another reason I uh, love this weekend is during the holiday season. Isn't that the best, Skid? It's the most wonderful time of the year, just like the song says. And for someone who spreads love and Christmas cheer all year long. 24-7. You spread, you spread disdain and hatred to Three, everyone you meet. 365 days a year, I'm just <laughs> spreading love. Skid just disagrees. Look at that. It's a face of disagreement. <laughs> I like walking around this town. I like we have our traditions. We go to Reading Terminal Market. That's right. We go to that same bar every time. Yeah. I like seeing all the Christmas decorations. I like seeing all the little kids with their hopeful, smiling faces. They're too young, Grant, to know that they live in a poop city. <laughs> no comment. Tis the season to be merry unless you're a a miserable Grinch like Ebenezer Capitacasa over there. Yeah. Give it up for Maddie C, everybody, huh? Yeah. The four of us had to pin him down and stitch that sweater around his slight frame. (laughs) Took hours. But not Evidently a lot of, not so slight. Yeah, not like, a lot I'm sorry, of sir. We don't we don't make them that small. <laughs> We're gonna need a custom one then. <laughs> so it's a, we we buy Matthew's clothes in like months, like a toddler. <laughs> Are you a fourteen now, Matthew? Do you have, <laughs> do you have a petite twenty four months for Matthew? A petite twenty four months. <laughs> Matthew, did you ever just look in the mirror at that fragile little bearded face and say to yourself, you know what? Maybe today I'm going to be cool. <laughs> Maybe today I'm going to 
put my high horse in the stable for a little while and go three hours without correcting someone's grammar or misquoting Charles Dickens. <laughs> There's only one person here who misquoted Charles Dickens. Maybe once in a while I'll hear one of Troy's jokes and not be like, meh, 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 meh. 2019. It would be a Christmas miracle, Grant. Speaking of Grinches, he's as tall as a Grinch, and he also has green spots on his crotch. <laughs> Give it up for Grant Berger, everybody! Yeah, Grant! America's number one Eagles fan. Let's go, Birds! <laughs> you ingratiate fly yourself. Eagles fly! He loves them. His precious Eagles, he loves them. You filthy spy. <laughs> Get off of the stage immediately. Now, Grant, does your tribe of hill giants celebrate Christmas? Or do they worship some sort of mud god during the winter solstice? We stick to the pagan calendar. (laughs) You're probably the only kid at Christmas that didn't receive clothes because they couldn't afford that much fabric. (laughs) Where would they get all the fabric? I bet you were the only kid in town whose gingerbread houses were two-story (laughs) walk-ups. You're very large. You're different, and I want you to know every day. <laughs> Everything about you is different. <laughs> We're going to have a good time today. Oh, yeah. I can feel it. I can feel it. I might make fun of Philly, but this is a good crowd. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. You can't spell Christmas without two letters from his nickname. Give it up for Skidmore, everybody. <laughs> I gotta know, how much has Christmas changed from the 1940s? (laughs) Is it true that during the Depression you were lucky to get half an orange in your stocking? It's true. It's true. And you you didn't complain about it? No. 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 There was a war on. (laughs) (laughs) What do you you want for Christmas this year? World peace? Cash? (laughs) I I don't know. I actually, I got a a couple of great birthday gifts last month from my girlfriend. I told that she gave me a, yeah. a an old original copy of the the original James Bond role playing game. Wow! And an original copy of the old West End games Ghostbusters RPG, which I loved as a kid, and I just I, yeah, it was great with the dice and everything. It was awesome. I thought you were going to say she gave you an old copy of the Declaration of Independence. No. And you were I like, saw there's one my today. signature. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's right there. It's right there. there. No, that, right there under Caesar Rodney. Look. <laughs> I don't believe what they say about that Thomas Jefferson. He was a real prick. <laughs> Folks, to call him the pride of Philly would be, would be accurate. Because this is a city that prides itself on cheese that comes in a jar. (laughs) Give it up for Mr. Philadelphia himself, Joe (laughs) O'Brien! I love every one of you. Wow, so that's where all your comps went. True, uh, oh, I heard that. Uh, true story, Joe's parents are in the audience tonight. 
Now, to clarify, these are not his birth parents, but the uh, kind couple that decided to raise him after finding him in a dumpster outside of Geno's Steaks 40 years ago. <laughs> Which is nice. They raised him as his own. I love meeting all of your family, but when your dad walked up to me and said, Hi. I'm Joe O'Brien. I had a great moment. I was like, oh, yes! <laughs> Joe O'Brien, how are you? <laughs> we always say there's only one true Joe O'Brien, and he lives in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Joe, you're in, a, you're in your hometown. You're in front of a sold-out crowd, in front of people that probably used to beat you up for playing this game! <laughs> how does it feel? <laughs> Feels amazing. Please, you're too kind. I uh, no, it is. It's it's wonderful, and I, I hadn't uh, thought about that much because it's so you know we're we're booking our shows, we're doing our tour, we're trying to get everything in line, and and then when, just when we were backstage here, and the Christmas music was playing out here, and we could hear it, we put our sweaters on, and we're having cocktails. I was just like, um, I was remembering that like. Um, <clears throat> You know, that I I moved away to New York and I lived there for 15 years. And then that whole time, every single year at this time of year, I came home. And I loved being home with my family and everything. And I took the train down and this is what the weather was like. And we'd walk around downtown and this is what the music was. And the fact that this show is here now, this time of year, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. (laughs) I love being home. I love being home. My sisters are here as well. Give it up for my sisters. They're incredibly supportive and understanding of my incredibly nerdy habits. So they're wonderful people. You're older, right? Yes, I'm the oldest. I have little sisters. Did you browbeat your nerdiness into their cultural experience? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. We we were kids. I would would force them to play spaceship. I was always the captain, obviously. (laughs) I'd be like, you on the helm! You on the fire controls! You know, and they'd be like, what are we doing? Why? Why is this? I'd throw myself off the bed. I'd be like, the attack against the shield! I'd throw myself off the bed. There are two of them staring at me. What is wrong with them? I made my sister play with me, too. It's totally clueless and no idea, but very, very game. There is nothing more wonderful for a man than to grow up with sisters. It is the best thing to... I mean, I grew up playing house. I grew up playing with dolls. It gives you, uh, you know, you understand a lot more than Neanderthals like this one. <laughs> I, was, I was an only child for 12 years. In case what a shocker. Yeah. Yeah. You are also the only one on this stage who didn't grow up with a sister. That's true. What, you think you're better than me, Captain Casa? <laughs> you're actually, you're, he's the only one with a brother. Is that right? Is that true? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What's it like? We're learning about each other. <laughs> I never thought of this. It's, yeah. it's I great. Think, I think we just had a breakthrough. Wow. <laughs> you almost made me cry. That was... Uh, I almost cried. You did cry. Embarrassing. I did you cried. Did. That would have been a breakthrough for Troy. <laughs> yeah, well, I have an image to uphold. You're, everyone sees you as the guy that plays with dolls. <laughs> 
Don't think you're ever going to live that one down. No. <laughs> no, nothing wrong with that. Well-rounded person. Nothing wrong. Don't you have like all of the Star Wars dolls in their original packaging? They're not dolls. They're, they're dolls. action figures, Matthew. <laughs> and you keep them in the package so they don't ruin the value. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> now listen up, all of you people. I know you're excited for the holidays, but we have rules that we enforce. We try to enforce. <laughs> so I'm going to talk to you like I talk to them, like children. Stop trying to ruin our show by shouting out. You're not funny. Okay. You'll never be funny. And the reason you do this is because your parents never told you to shut up and they probably should have. <laughs> Jesus it's Christ. Fact. It's a fact. Well, we can only go up said, from here. Shut up. <laughs> you would know. Not to, that, see, your parent never told you to shut up. That's why you do something like that. You, madam. <laughs> Secondly, stop sending us shots. It's not the shots I mind so much as the people walking up on stage and delivering the shots. It's funny the first time, and then it stops being funny for a long time, and then I will admit, it gets funny again. <laughs> but I don't have the time for the payoff of that joke. <laughs> So long show. So we keep got time. Your, keep your Jaeger bombs and your mind erasers and your Jamesons to yourself. We can get them after the show. Buy lots of shots. Just save them for us. They could send up a couple shots. They could send up a couple shots. I was just funny. I said mind eraser, and now I like really want a mind eraser. That's what made me say that. When's the last time you had a mind eraser? What's a mind eraser? Oh, we need some mind erasers. Of course. <laughs> we got to get Cap and Akaza straight to Christmas Village. Seven people just ran to the bar. Yep. <laughs> Don't, don't, I, don't send it up. All right. <laughs> but, but shut up. At least uh, shut up. Mind erasers are cool. But shut up. I will turn this show around so fast. I'm a parent now. I'm like reaching around to the crowd. Um, guys and girls and folks and women and men and everyone here. Did I cover everyone, Matthew? <laughs> it's the holiday season. Shut up. <laughs> this is it. So whoop-de-doo and hickory-dock. <laughs> the children all nestled and snug in their beds, and I won't stop until the PCs are dead. <laughs> Grant! Let's take it to the recap. Come on. Christmas, everybody. That was nice. <laughs> now imagine during this narrative I'm not wearing this hat. Because <laughs> this is serious. We started the year. Let me fix my pom-pom. <laughs> serious. We started the year in an asylum. And we will end the year in an asylum. If we end next year in an asylum, something's gone terribly wrong. <laughs> Too many shots. <laughs> we should have some serious talks about the business if we're still in book one in Philly next year. Because we're coming back, obviously. You kidding? 
But over the course of the year, our heroes went from not knowing who they were or where they were or even knowing their real names to knowing they were brought to this place by a man named Count Hazerton Lowles IV, a government official from Ustalav who brought all of you here as amnesiacs and left you here in exchange for being allowed to have one-on-one time with a very peculiar patient named... Over Zandalus. Praise, praise. Praise, praise. Zandalus sees. Words fail. They said Ulver Zandalus, by the way. He went to knowing that this self-same Zandalus led a patient uprising recently, and that, along with some mysterious other circumstances, has left this asylum as a battleground of insane crowbar-wielding Patients known as the Apostles and Orpiment, roving bands of undead, eerie extraplanar monsters, and countless dead bodies, some completely dismembered, others with their heads covered in bags. Thankfully, you met a band of survivors who want the same things you want to get the fuck out of here. That's straight out of the text. Last time in Boston. Boo. <laughs> See, that's Philly Joe. Yeah, that's Philly Joe. Exactly. 4133. Last time you started exploring what was most likely the old admissions wing of the hospital, you came upon a room full of beds, and one bed was still occupied by a patient strapped to said bed in the throes of a nightmare. The nightmare ended, and he died right in front of your eyes. Atticus Grimm, played by Philly's own Joe O'Brien, saw a yellow vapor escape from his mouth at the moment of death. And then he turned into a ghoul right before your very eyes. It was like something out of The Walking Dead, I said. The difference being people still enjoy our shows. <laughs> no, and, and, and our shows are not completely unwatchable garbage where even the main actors have slowly left over time because they know that the show is shit. <laughs> I just want you to understand the difference between what happened there and that shitty, shitty show. <laughs> You continue on. Find another one of these ghouls scraping away at a pile of rubble. The skin from its fingers completely rubbed off. It is, it is just clawed away aimlessly at this collapse. Like the ghoul before it, Halster Price, played by Grant Berger. Halster, put it out of its misery. Then you explore four different patient rooms. Man, this is like 3D. Four. One contained a pile of human carnage and little else. NBD. The next belonged to the Leakland brothers, one of which you met in the chapel crying over being separated from his brother during the uprising, the other of which, obviously, lost during the riot. You find a pair of carved wooden knights in a tangle of sheets in that room. The next contained a patient who was clearly set upon by the apostles and Orpiment, he perished, but not before killing his attackers by smashing their heads in with a real fancy boot. 
The next room had the, com- the ceiling completely caved in. Atticus found a ring in the rubble up towards the top of the ceiling with the sigil of a family he feels like he once knew. At the end of the hallway, a bunch of curtain frames blocked off a single candle on a stool behind a sheet. Aldo Casimir, played by Dr. Skidmar. Aldo bent down to inspect the flame. It was oddly unmoving and frozen in time. It then went out, and then two gross, blood-filled pimples attacked you. And now your parents are wondering what you do on a Friday night, Joe. (laughs) You're fighting pimples? You used to have a good job! (laughs) You're now far off. Yeah. The door from that room led to a small garden path outside that you deduced led back to the room with that haunted taxidermic birdcage. With the hallway cleared, you headed back north to that room that you saw a while ago that was supernaturally dark. In classic Matthew Capitacasa fashion, his character, Mrs. O'Lady... She cast light in there and then bullied me into believing that would be enough to overcome the deeper darkness effect in the room. So I gave you details about the room you shouldn't have had. And all four of you walked in. Matthew is a cheater. He's worse than Grant. And that's saying a lot. Let's not say anything we can't take back. It's the holidays. I just, I just push, Troy. I just push against the rules of the GM's world. Well, sometimes you push too far. Sometimes you don't stop me. <laughs> I will not stand for this sexual tension. <laughs> Stay away from Matthew. These long weekends away from my wife. <laughs> The door then closed behind you, and Atticus felt a small hand, a, a Capitacasa-like hand. <laughs> a little doll's hand. <laughs> little do- <laughs> well, it's a little doll. I can't see anything. <laughs> what are you, Trump over there, showing your hands off? Him? <laughs> the door, yeah. That's a safe way to go, Grant. <laughs> Take the temperature of the room. Uh, You felt a small little hand touch you, Atticus, in the darkness. You then failed a will save and heard a voice speak out to you in the darkness in your own voice, saying, You are nothing. You are no one. Blackout. We see a close-up on Atticus's face. He's looking right at us. Imagine you're watching this. His expression is neutral. His mouth isn't moving, but we hear his voice as if we're hearing his thoughts. He's replaying his father's words in his mind. Word is Baron Hess left before your final act. Walked out in front of everyone. Atticus blinks, his eyes cast down for a moment, then up again. He breathes, mouth still unmoving. You are a joke to them. You can walk like a human. You can talk.
talk like a human, but you will never be human. Slowly our view of Atticus rotates around his head until we see him in profile. We pull back to a wider view and see that we are back in the furnace room. And slowly we also see that there's another Atticus in the room. In profile. He's face to face with himself. The real Atticus continues speaking to his silent image. You are nothing. You are no one. (laughs) Uh, How true that is. But what if you were someone? What if we were some human? What would they think of us then? We flash to a table outside of a fine establishment. Atticus sits with three other nobles enjoying a meal. One of the men says, Really, old chap, you must show us one of your tricks. Atticus levitates a spoon from the table. The woman with the holly and hawk signet ring looks bored and turns her attention to elsewhere in the room. Flashback to Atticus in the furnace room, still in a conversation with himself. He speaks to the silent image again. Oh, stop being delusional. I don't care about the new illusions. Oh, some new tricks. Good for us. No, the book has only bought us some time. Time to... Time before they realize once again and get bored with the... The novelty of the illusionist rat... Now we're in a crowded performance hall. On stage, an older human illusionist appears to be talking to the audience through her reflection in a large mirror on stage. The cloud claps with glee. We see in the crowd, tucked in, tucked in amongst the high society of Ustalov, Atticus, sitting low in a seat, just watching. Then we go back to the two Atticuses. It is utter nonsense. Hughes and Willis are perfect hacks. Polly doesn't know how to work a crowd. Even Zelda. Her her illusions are... They're pathetic. They're they're gimmicks. They're not... They don't make the people question their very reality. But yet all of them will be invited to Baron Hess's before I. Why is that? Oh, I know. I don't need you to tell me. But there is no way for us to... Wait. What if? What if we... Now if we're in another performance hall. Backstage, looking from the wings, Atticus is watching an older man on stage standing before a sold-out crowd. A younger man, his assistant perhaps, appears to float two feet off the ground, and the crowd claps passionately. Throughout all of this, we still hear Atticus's voice talking to his illusory self. What if we burnt this filthy old form to ashes and started fresh? What? What? What did you say? Oh, that is a good idea. You devious bastard. But who? Not Hughes. No, not Willis. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. It could be Mary. No. No, not for those damnable children. We need someone vibrant. Someone 
who suits who I deserve to be. We now see that same older magician's young assistant in a suit surrounded by admirers as he signs autographs in the lobby of the performance hall after the show. It would have to be the perfect person, though. Not too conspicuous, but also well-liked. Respected. Talented, obviously. Now we're but back. not too talented. Now we're back in the actual performance hall. The dashing young assistant <laughs> is now starring in his own show. He's holding his hands above a pot filled with plain, ordinary soil. A, a hush falls over the crowd, waiting with bated breath to see how the trick will unfold. And yet again, we see Atticus nestled in among them, watching. Then we hear his voice still talking to his silent image self. Yes. Of course. The young magician draws a plant out of the soil that seems to grow at an impossible speed right before our eyes. Cheers erupt all around Atticus as the master of ceremonies of the theater steps out onto stage and the plant just continues growing all the way to the rafters. The crowd is going crazy. They rise to their feet. But Atticus remains seated the entire time as the MC shouts above the roaring crowd, Ladies and gentlemen, I give you James Neverford! Blackout. Now we're back in this dark ass room. (laughs) That was great. <laughs> Thank you, Grant. Can I also say, it reminds me of something Mrs. O'Lady said early on before we knew who we were, who we were supposed to be. You said if we don't know if we were good or evil, that we should at least operate under the presumption that we were good. I'm thinking about that now after the last couple of little reveals. Very, very well done, Matthew, as well. I love you. Thanks, Grant. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Rumi. <laughs> Holiday is really bringing us all together. <laughs> you guys are in darkness, despite what Matthew Capitacasa would have me tell you. You can't see a thing. Let's go to the map, Grant. This is going to be terrible. Terrible. Where are we? <laughs> you would be right. Meow. Right. Do it again. See what? Right. Meow. See what? Ready? Hey, guys. Hey. Oh, there he is. Yep, now he's gone. (laughs) (laughs) You feel a little doll hand touch you, and a voice cry out in your voice, you are nothing, you are no one. Roll for initiative. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. It's happening. All right. I have no idea what to do. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got there, uh, Skid? Uh, 13 for Aldo Casimir. 13 for Aldo. Okay. Um, what about you, Halster Price? Lucky number seven. Lucky seven for Halster. Okay. I almost added seven Halsters to my initiative tracker. That would have. I'd accept that. That would have been a real pain. Uh, Atticus. Fifteen. Fifteen. All right. Okay. Good start. The old Philly fifteen. Matthew. Eighteen. Ooh. Never one to be outdone. Matthew Capitacasa. 
Uh, okay. A couple of things are going to happen here. That's the thing he says on the show. <laughs> Such a dick. <laughs> While you're all standing there, in the darkness, door closed behind you, you can't see shit. You hear a faint sobbing. (laughs) It's always sobbing. At first, it sounds like one small voice, but if you listen closely, which you probably would as your senses start to uh, perk up in the darkness, your sense of hearing, you're really tuning in. If you listen closely, it's not just one voice. It's actually several different voices overlapping each other, all weeping at the same time. (laughs) It has this awful sound that just echoes in each of your minds and then starts to slam on your eardrums. Everybody roll a will save. Oh, jeez. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> What'd you get there, Skid? Uh, a two. <laughs> Is that sufficient? <laughs> Let me just check my thing. Uh, no. Oh, oh man. Dear. Uh, really hoping it was a DC e- two will save. <laughs> I have a minus one will right now for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, it might be from the, the filth fever. I well, maybe Dex and Con. Yeah, Dex and Khan. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You're very sick. I'm very um, sick. What about you, Grant? Eighteen. In classic Grant fashion, he's fine. All his characters are fine. Uh Philly Joe. Fifteen. Fifteen. Common theme here, it's a tweener. Fifteen. Uh Okay, Matthew? 23. 23. You there you go, old lady. Okay. I have I have dex damage. Is that from the filth, filth fever? fever. Yeah. Yes, you're very you're sick with filth fever. All right. I'm glad I had you roll those will saves because this effect doesn't require a save. <laughs> what the Can't wait till we get the emails about this one. <laughs> You take a minus one penalty on attack rolls, damage rolls, and will saves automatically from this effect. Oh, my God. Which was a free action to enact. Then all of a sudden, let's see who gets hit. I mean, we got to go after Philly Joe, right? You just feel a tiny Capitacasa-like bite. Uh, That is going to be a 12 to hit you. Now, before you tell me whether or not that's a hit. Such is the power of Joe's focus that I can get that close. (laughs) What did I miss? Due to the supernatural darkness in here, you are all effectively blind. That is a 50% mischance if you're going after whatever is in this room or... Uh, whatever things are in this room. You lose your dex bonus to your AC, minus two penalty to your AC, and a minus four penalty on perception checks that rely on sight. You're in the darkness. Is that a hit with all those minuses? I'm sorry. Uh, Twelve. I know it's a lot. Oh. What other minuses? Minus two to AC, and you lose oh, yeah, your dex it. bonus. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. You're going to take a little bit of damage, not much, one point of damage. Yes, even worse, right? Because now here comes the real awful. Now I need you to roll the will save. 
Unless you want to carry over that 15. I'm so scared. Wait, did you say I took a penalty to will saves because of this effect? Yes. Minus one. Yes. Okay. We got this. Nope. <laughs> we got this. Joe, 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 Joe. <laughs> Yeah, it's the Eagles against the Dolphins all over again. That is a six. Oh, God. As this thing bites you, you only take one point of damage, but you just feel like like you lose your breath for a moment. I don't know if you're just overcome by the fact that you just heard a voice cry out to you in the darkness or something from this bite has affected you uh, corporeally, but you are now fatigued for one hour. Oh. Oh, jeez. Okay. Moving right along, it is Mrs. O'Lady's turn. Mrs. O'Lady, you are effectively blind. All your friends are dying. What do you want to do? Question for you. Yes. So the reason that the light didn't work, we talked about this. And let me just make sure I've been getting, I got it, I got it right. Okay. Because the deeper darkness is a much more powerful spell and thus can't be counteracted by a spell of lower level. A light spell of lower level. Correct. What if? Here we go. Ooh. I love when Matthew says what if. I, hypothetically speaking, let's say I had an item that was uh-huh. caster level 11th. What? Where Where did you get that? I didn't you gave it to me. I would never do such a thing. And what if that item emitted light as a part of its its effect? Would that counteract the deeper darkness? What is this item that you put on your character sheet for free? It is the candle of spirit protection, Troy. Oh, oh snap! That's got to do it. <laughs> You've been foiled. It's, a, it's actual power may not help us here, but the light might. Oh, Does it man. say it sheds light? Yes. In a radius? What radius? Ten for, uh, it, when it's lit, fine lines of smoke coil out, creating a circular line of smoke in a ten-foot radius around the candle. That's all it says. I mean, it says other things, but nothing about the light. But it says it's nothing candle. about the light? It's a candle. I don't know, man. Not all candles shed light. That's so true. That's so, so true. true. Yeah, you know the fun ones you put in the windows during the holiday season. Yeah, the ones a, that don't light up at all. Yeah, nope, just a. Oh yeah, the ones that are dark. That just the ones aren't that are dark candles. They call them dark candles. Dark candles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very popular the holiday season. No, all the windows. No, I don't like it. I don't like it. Does that mean you're not going to allow it? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Write in emails immediately <laughs> following the show. Um, based, can I, based on the sound, can I do a knowledge check to see perhaps what this is? And based on the effect I'm feeling, all yeah, this information. Yeah, roll, roll a knowledge check. Or I could do a perception to a fuel knowledge check, whatever you want me to do. No, do a, uh, do a knowledge check. Um, you could do some sort of arcana, or I don't know if you have a, any occult knowledge, okay. but yeah. Uh, I'm going to do arcana, I'm going to throw inspiration on. Okay. Uh... That's a 26. Oh. All right, so the, that sobbing you're hearing is some sort of aura that is affecting the entire room. And that is just like, uh, there, there's a good chance that something is controlling that aura. Um, and until that's suppressed, you're going to take that penalty on attack damage and will set. Okay. I would now like to cast Detect Psychic Significance. 
Okay. I probably heard I heard the sobbing. I also heard it like bite Atticus, right? Or Atticus cry out or something. Right, or Atticus cry out in pain. Uh, so if I could detect psychic significance to see if there was anything, perhaps a creature with the psychic significance in that area to try to zero in for my, my friends. Okay. Always something with this guy. We're in a room. We're in a room full of darkness. So you detect psychic significance to try and pinpoint the area where this psychic significance is happening, and you feel like it's the source of the aura, perhaps. You feel like it's you're standing right behind Atticus, and you feel like it's coming from beyond Atticus in a straight line, possibly right on the other side of Atticus, unless it has some sort of reach. Okay. Um, I share this information with my friends, and then I'm going to telekinetic projectile something onto that square blindly. All right. 50% mischance, right? Yeah, let's do a 50% mischance. Let's see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) What could go wrong? I mean, it's going to miss. 10. 10 in the darkness. Yeah, that misses. Real thrilling turn, Matthew. I'm trying to I'm trying to learn things. <laughs> Joe, you're up. What do you got? <laughs> oh man. Uh, can I do a knowledge check to identify if this is a haunt? I do yeah. a knowledge religion. Yeah, do a knowledge religion. Uh, we've seen a lot of stuff like this before. Perhaps this is the effect of the undead. Ooh, 24. Ooh, nice. Dude, it's a big knowledge check for crowd. There is. They love, they love knowledge checks in Philly. Yeah, Philly's a big knowledge check town. <laughs> That's always been true. It's always yep. been true. Smart, smart city, dude. Smart city, dude. <laughs> uh, you fought, you've, you've, you've had to deal with a couple haunts since you came in here. There are elements of this that feel similar to a haunt, but you know that there is a physical source in the room that is uh, that is physically touching you. That is okay. It's not. Uh, it doesn't feel like what you've dealt with with haunts. Okay. Uh, in that case, then uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to overthink this. I think he's panicking. He's freaking out. He's got a loaded crossbow in his hands. I think he's just going to point down right in front of him and fire it. Mr. Lady told him it's coming from right in front of him. He feels this grabbing thing. He knows that there seems to be some sort of physical source. He's just going to fire into the dark. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. This is, man, what a long shot. Come on, Atticus. 17 to hit. Uh, roll a 50% mischance. Uh... Come on, man. Come on, dude. Seven. So sorry. Shoot! Aldo! Hold on, I'm going to move. You want to uh, move? I'm going to try to move away from it. Away okay. from this, gri- this feeling, this gripping. All right, where do you want to move? Uh, you tell me and I'll move you because you can't see where you are. I'm just going to shove Mrs. O'Lady to the ground. I'm out of my way, old woman! Ah. And just dash <laughs> past her. Uh, so you want to move back. You just feel, behind Mrs. O'Lady. You feel yeah. that Mrs. O'Lady is there behind Well, her. where I remember the door being. If the door is there and it's closed. Ah! It's just scraping <laughs> frantically at the door. All right, so you take a diagonal step back and you need Mrs. O'Lady to move out of the way to access the door. And uh, Halster is blocking the other door. In the meantime, it is... Aldo's turn. Uh, Aldo is going... Can I do a perception check to try to get a bead on the area of the the sound that this thing is making? Sure. Uh, That is a 15. 15. You you get a sense of the general direction in front of you. Okay. So Aldo is going to pop a bomb off of his bandolier. Yeah! Yeah! 
Bidding it, shake it up and toss it right at where it thinks the thing is. Tosses a bomb into the darkness. Uh, that is a 14 against touch AC. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll do a little uh, concealment cheek. 58. All right. All right. It's on target. Roll damage. Come right. on, dude. All right. <laughs> oh. 11 points of fire damage. Whoa. All right. That's good, dude. First blood has been drawn. Do you want to try and move it all? Uh, no, because I don't know where I am. Fair enough. Halster Price. Halster is almost overwhelmed by this paranormal energy in this room and, and this weeping, and he, he speaks out and he says, Oh, poor and woeful spirits of Briarstone Asylum, I am an emissary of Phrasmin. I will make sure that your souls reach their destination where they are meant to be. Until then, Debus, if you're out there, we've found your toys and we will return them to Breton. You will have rest on this plane. But on this day, the Lady of Graves will not allow any of my companions to go to the afterlife. And he casts Bless to oh, counteract nice. the psychic Ooh, energy. Oh, yes! One bonus to my buddies. I love it. A little bit and, of uh, And in classic Grant Burger fashion, we'll use Fervor as a swift action to quick heal himself. It's fair. He doesn't. He hasn't taken any damage yet. No, I'm just I'm, to be sure. I'm hurt from the last episode. <laughs> I have a I have a slight headache. Just, just, just step away. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'll do well. He did a really good religion check, so I, I'll stay where I am. All right. In that moment, you hear a voice in the darkness through the sobs. It's like Brenton. Wake up, Brenton. Oh, no. Brenton, the lamp went out. Oh, oh come <laughs> on, dude. Oh, no. And if you try to, like, say something or react, you go to speak, Atticus, and nothing comes out of your mouth. You have lost the ability to speak. And at that moment, Mrs. O'Lady feels a little Capitacaza hand <sighs> reach out to touch you against touch AC Matthew that is going to be a 14 yeah 14 hit yes touches you you too lose the ability to speak and you just hear wake up Brenton Brenton the lamp went out Brenton the lamp went out Brenton Brent my grandson (gasps) Is the light going out, grandson? You hear your own voice. Was that your speak me? Speak back to you. That's me, my you. Wait, you were being Matthew, being Mrs. O'Lady. Being Matthew, being Mrs. O'Lady. Okay. All right. I think my dad's following along. Right. Good. <laughs> I'm sure he'll have <laughs> no questions <laughs> at the end of the show. <laughs> I was trying to imagine, like, having no context, not just of this story, but of role-playing games in general, <laughs> and trying desperately to follow along with whatever is happening up here. Mrs. O'Lady and Atticus can't speak. They've heard their own voices come back to them in the darkness, and it is Mrs. O'Lady's turn. If you want to cast a spell, it's going to be a 50% uh, fail chance, because you can't speak! Unfortunately for you, Troy, all my spells are psychic and don't require a verbal component. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Oh. That is true. But boom 
However, you win this round, Captain Casa. I think Atticus had the right idea, so I'm going to turn and open the door that's right behind me. Okay. You turn and open the door, and you see the hallway right outside. Uh, which is light, I'm right, assuming, right? perfect light, and it just ends where you are. It's like a, a thick wall of blackness right up to the door jam, and then light beyond. Okay, and then I will step out of the room. You will step out of the room. Roll a perception check. Uh, ten. Ten. You're not alone out there. <gasps> what? You step out of the room, and you see something hanging out near the corpse of Mrs. Freeling, bathing in her blood. It's an old friend. It's Tiny Murder Clown. I made him really big so I wouldn't forget him. There he is. Yeah. And I made him Christmas themed. (laughs) Mr. O'Lady, you see Tiny Murder Clown standing there bathing in the blood. I say... What's that? Speak up. I just start miming. (laughs) (laughs) Start with... (laughs) One word... <laughs> and that probably takes about six seconds. Right, that's six, right. six seconds. Six seconds of Pictionary. Uh, Atticus, you're up. Doors open. You know that's not Pictionary. I know right? it's, it's not Pictionary. Captain Acas is rubbing off right in. That's how we did it. That's the advanced. La Valley Christmas. That's the advanced level of Pictionary. Look at blank pages and just make signs at them. <laughs> oh, uh, you're up, buddy. They're breaking the rules, Troy. Uh, they always do. It's your turn, you idiot. So you play. It's my turn? Yes. Oh. Uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, did I hear some sort of wailing, uh, some sort of recognition that something exploded in flaming? Did it cause pain? Or uh, you, you heard an explosion. You didn't hear pain, uh, and you couldn't cry out. Uh, but you do see uh, light beyond where Mrs. O'Lady opened the door, um, and you heard a voice. Hee-hee. <laughs> Aren't you a sight for sore eyes? <laughs> Three words. Is it a person, place, or thing? <laughs> Fishing book. <laughs> I'm just trying to buy time for Joe. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I can't do anything because I can't talk to my allies. I have this idea, and I can't talk, yeah. I can't, and I can't do it. It's a hard game. I yeah. have no mouse on my screen. It's a really hard game. Uh, Thanks a lot, Eric. <laughs> he's going to panicking. He's going to reload and fire into the darkness again. Okay. Uh, t- 12. 12. Okay. Uh, just <laughs> flies off. Yeah. And uh, you're lucky it may have very well hit Aldo or Halster in there. Do you want to move at all? Uh, no, I reloaded. Oh, you reloaded. All right. Yeah, so, you so I'm stay staying in. In the darkness. Does Aldo remain in the room? Um, Aldo hears the voice coming from outside. It's like, oh, what the, this tawny murder clown. And he runs outside and looks wildly around for him. He sees him and he tries to like double time it over to him and throws his arms around him. He says, ah, tawny murder clown, I missed you so much. (laughs) Oh, I've missed me. 
being loved. This is cuddling. You know what cuddling is? Yes! It's what I do for its best! <laughs> yes! And he picks him up and he hugs him and he spins him around in a circle laughing. Oh, this is great! <laughs> <laughs> you know you left me in there, right? In the pitch black. <laughs> I'm not even told him the clown's outside! Yeah, what a joyous reunion! <laughs> in his excitement, he shuts the door behind him. <laughs> <laughs> I shut it and shove a chair against it to, like, block him in there. He was just so whipped into an excited fury. I was just theory. so excited. I was just so excited. Puts the chair under there. We're Jeff playing charades. Join in. Join in. <laughs> Halster Price, what do you want to do? Aldo ran out. Mrs. O'Lady ran out. I mean, you, can, you would have seen their bodies pass the threshold. Halster's terrified, and he feels kind of an itch at the back of his neck and he reaches and he traces his finger along the spiral in the back of his neck and he uses another instance of fervor to heal himself because he's going in directly to attack this thing. Wow. Yeah, dude. Get it. Uh, Get it. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful healing. GCP on the D6. Uh, uh, Okay, so he is going to Try to get as close as you can and take a swing. May I do that, Troy? Let's see what you got, buddy. Okay. Okay. That is a total of a 15 to hit. That is a miss. Oh. Uh, In the darkness. Alone with Joe. It is my I'm not complaining. Neither am I. (laughs) This tall drink of water. Oh, those fish town nights. Oh, oh, oh. no. No. (laughs) In the darkness, the sobs continue, making you feel just a little bit weaker. Atticus has no voice, Mrs. O'Lady has no voice, and Atticus is fatigued on top of it. At that point, Halster feels a little claw come out to him. Uh, Excuse me, uh, teeth bite him, or attempt to bite him. 24 to bite, good buddy. That's a hit. That is going to be two points of damage, but I need you to roll a will save. <laughs> okay. Uh, 16. Of course, DC 16. <laughs> you are not fatigued for one hour. Moving right along, it's Mrs. O'Lady's turn. Mrs. O'Lady, they're hanging out in that room. You don't know why. You have no idea what's happening in there, and you don't feel like they're doing a lot of uh, damage, a lot of help. Did we, in the brother's room, we, we discovered some objects, right? Yeah, a pair of carved wooden knights. Did we take them with us? You did. Who has them? You do. <laughs> Indeed I do, Joe. I don't know. Do I? Uh, yes. Sure. Yeah. Sure. yeah you, sure. Of course you would have the carved wooden Who else would have them? Who else would take them? I will draw them uh-huh. and then thrust them into the, into the room. Draw them. As it, to show them, like offering them out. Offering them out into the dark. You just stick your hand into the darkness. Your hand, you can't even see it, a uh, foot in front of your face. Of course, I can't accompany this with any kind of verbal component. Right, you just stick it out there, and you just hear. <laughs> Brenton, the lamp went out. Brenton, the lamp went out. That's it. Um... <sighs> Okay, and that's all, I, all I'm going to do. That's all you can do. Draw, At- thrust. Atticus, wow us with something cool. Really give us that old Joe O'Brien creativity. Ugh. Really, really make the hometown crowd amazed by your level of creativity. Oh, I got... <laughs> <laughs> I'll delay. 
Uh, I'm assuming when he casts a, or throws a bomb, there's I don't see anything, right? You hear an explosion. You, you don't see anything because of the magical darkness. Oh, God. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to load and fire again. I'm invigorated by the bless. I have it. I'm going to shoot. Come on, man. Nope. Even worse than before. <laughs> Enjoy that. Even worse than before. I just did my mind eraser. Oh, my God. Let's so, Matthew, go. this is how you do a mind eraser. You sip it from the straw, and you drink it all in one gulp. I'm not going to do that, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it is Aldo's turn. At least not during the show. Uh, <laughs> do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Come on, o, Philly Mrs. Matthew! Mrs. lady is immune to peer pressure. <laughs> Aldo, you're hugging Tiny Murder Clown. You know his actual name. You think that he doesn't even know his name. <laughs> oh, this is the best. I've missed you guys. Sorry for abandoning you at such a delicate moment. Oh, missed <laughs> Again. I miss you so much. Me too. Come on, hurry. We they sh- need our help. Yeah. Mrs. O'Leary and Atticus, I need our help. And he drops him down and runs. He double moves back into the room. Double moves back into the darkness. Love it. Right past Mrs. O'Leary's outstretched arm. And what do you do? That's it. Okay. That's right. You double move. Halster, what do you want to do? Halster has no other choice but to, to stand and fight this poor lost soul. It's to send him or her on their way to Phrasmus Embrace. Natural 20. Oh! Yeah! Yeah! Critical crack. Yes! Crack. Critical crack. A 50% mischance. Dude! 85. Oh, Ooh, that was close. That was close. That's that was close, very dude. close. Close to that 86. Uh, that is a critical hit. Yeah. No, yeah. Come on, confirm hey, it. Let's do a. Yeah, co- I got to confirm. I know yeah, you had a mind I know. I got a lot going on here. I could really be breaking some rules right now. Uh, Not a confirm. Oh, no. So exploding dice. All right. I'll give you exploding dice. Uh, come on. Okay, explode them. Here we go. Here explode them. Uh, that's a total of nine points of damage. Okay, so you're, you're, you're hitting something. You know you're hitting something, but th- that sobbing is just continual. You don't hear, like, a reaction to the hit, but you know that you just, like, hit, hit something. Hit something physical. Hit something physical that's, like, low to the ground. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> New it. round. The sobbing continues. All of you are still affected by this aura of sobs. And in the darkness, something goes out to just... Hug Atticus. Uh, no. Aww. No. It, it would be nearly impossible for you to miss. I missed. Natural two. Oh, What's the total? Nice. Four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my AC is currently nine. Something reaches oh, out to oh just God. grab you and nothing. Sweet. It is Mrs. O'Lady's turn. All right. The... Objects didn't work. What, what are the words it's saying to me? Wake up, Brenton. Wake up. The lamp went the out. lamp went out. All right. Operating under the assumption that perhaps in the darkness there is some lamp, I'm going to move back into the room and begin to kind of feel my way around. The, I'll go to the left and feel my way around the wall to see if I ever hit anything resembling a lamp. 
Uh, you hit Aldo, Atticus. And then? And then a wall. And you don't feel a lamp. But you do feel that you reach the end of the, uh, the width of this room. You move into the room, you move about 15 feet to the left, and you hit a wall. Can I keep going the re- the co- and double move the full complement of my movement around the, around the room? Yes, you can. How many uh, spaces can you move? I mean, I have 30 foot movement speed, so. All right, so you. This is interesting. Well, you're blind in the dark, so. You're blind it's in the dark. speed, right? Uh, uh, unless yeah, you make sure. an acrobatics check. Shut up, Joe. You keep Am I moving, wrong? And eventually, I don't care. You. You. Uh, no, to move full speed, you need an acrobatics check. You feel a door. When you're blind. Effectively. A oh, door. Another door. You feel a set of double doors. Ooh. Open it. Fuck it. Let's go. Uh, I would like to, but I'm out of. I believe I'm out of actions. You are out of actions, but Mrs. O'Lady has found a door on the opposite side of the room, and it is Atticus's turn. I run to the door that I don't know about that she didn't tell I me about. I can't tell you because I, I can't speak. About. Right. Damn it! Um, uh, I, I am going to do the same thing though because I had the same idea. Uh, sure, you did. Just sort of start walking around the room toward my right. Okay, you walk. So you walk the opposite way. Yeah, I wanted to try to to get people to cast light or turn. I know light didn't work, but like maybe some sort of torch would uh, maybe would suffice be a for like turn the light on. Interestingly enough, you walk to the right. You walk past Halster, who's also stepped into the room, and along you you get to a wall almost immediately, and you feel a door leading out to the east. Okay. Uh, and if I st- uh, actually, I'm going to do that as a double move. I'm assuming because okay. my speed is ten feet. So you can so. either continue moving along the wall or open that door. Uh, I, okay, I'll open the door. Okay, you open the door, and this I can show you. Little room. Oh wait, I moved Aldo, but that's you. Oh, oh okay. So we are in a really tight little room. And is this room lit? Uh, oh, right, because you dude, showed it's it to totally us. lit. <laughs> uh, no, but you have dark vision, and you can see what this room looks like. Okay. That's what it looks like, and so that's your turn. It is now Aldo's turn. Uh, all right, Aldo is going to throw another bomb. Okay. Uh, take it off his belt. Uh, throw it. Hit it, Aldo. Ah! Uh, that is a 10 against Touch AC. 10 against Touch AC. Might be a hit. Roll a uh, 50% miss chance. Oh, come on, dude. Come on. 51. Whoa. By the skin of your teeth. Yeah, that'll that'll hit. Yeah, dude. Uh, oh, phenomenal. That is, that is 13 points of four damage. You dropped a bomb on me. So in the darkness, Atticus is just chucking bombs. So Ho- safe. Hoping for the best. Uh, and luckily, where he's throwing them, no one else is in, within range of the splash damage, uh, which you would know if you could see the room like I do. Do you want to move at all? Uh, no, I feel quite rooted where I am. Uh, Halster, you see, uh, you're in the room as well. About ten feet in front of you, uh, Atticus has opened up the, a door that leads to the east. You can see the light, not streaming in, but you can see a wall, uh, you know, a door jam full of light to your, uh, you know, ten feet in front of you. What do you want to do? Grant Berger. I'm going to swing again. You're gonna Until swing everyone again. else leaves, I'm going to swing. Okay. 
Let's see if oh, we man. can... I have a feeling we might not be doing anything to this. Maybe, but I felt yeah. like my sword hit something. I feel like Red Destiny made contact. So until everyone else leaves, I'm going to swing. 17 on the die. Yeah, baby. Obviously. Roll uh, your 50% miss chance. Here it comes. 92. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Classic. All right. How much damage? All right. Uh, it is ten points of damage. Nice. Okay. 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 Swinging out in the dark, wildly throwing bombs. What could go wrong? It's the next round, and oddly, nothing happens. The sobbing continues, though. But huh. nothing happens. None of you get touched. None of you get hugged. None of you get bit. Time moves forward. It's Mrs. O'Lady's turn. I'll open the doors. Mrs. O'Lady opens the doors. Show of hands. How many people have played Strange Aeons? Good good amount of people there. Yeah, good amount. Good amount. Let's open these doors up. Immediately regret my decision. (laughs) I would like to direct you to the map. What the? Well, oh, oh, oh! Oh my god. Oh my god. This gigantic space might have once been a cafeteria or perhaps an assembly hall. Now, it's the village of a savage tribe. Wildly burning braziers stand amid yellow tents and scrap structures, mostly constructed of broken furniture, scavenged sheets, and torn mattresses. Portions of the western, and uh, you can see a little bit deeper into the room, maybe the northern wall looks like they've completely collapsed, but ramshackle barricades have risen to surround them. To the east, two sets of wide stairs climb, perhaps to the floor above. Around the stairs, nearly a dozen bodies hang crucified upon the walls. Dried crimson streaks below them, sacks cinched around their heads. It's just crucified bagheads, guys. Relax. I'm sure everything's fine. Tendrils of yellow mist creep throughout the entire space. Wisps endlessly lapping and fondling the bizarre encampment. There's a strange dampness in the air that you feel, Mrs. O'Lady, from the fog seeping in. And while the fog isn't nearly as bad as what you experienced in the courtyard or when you went outside and fought that gross, tumorous pile, it still limits your vision to about 40 feet into the room. When you open the door, a small crowd begins to form. Just looking at you, emerging from the makeshift tents, crazy eyes looking, appearing out of the mist in the back of the room, 30 of them or so, and they're all brandishing mismatched and improvised weapons, many of them dressed in the same yellow-stained robes, synonymous with the apostles and orpiment. And they keep their distance. What do you do? Opening your door is a standard action, right? No. No, it's a move action? It's a move, move action. action. You got one more. 
I will close the door. Yeah! It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Sorry. As, as I'm closing the door. Yeah, crucifixions. I do the, uh, yeah, as I'm closing the door, I do the universally acknowledged. Sorry. Yeah, my sorry. fault. My I, fault. I see you're all quite busy. Uh, I'll just excuse myself. Sorry, sorry. There's just nothing else. Atticus, you see across the room uh, from you, obviously you're standing looking into another room. I'm going to tell you what you see in that room, actually. But from behind you, where Mrs. O'Lady was, you now see Mrs. O'Lady's silhouette uh, lit up by uh, the light streaming in from this other room. But for you... Actually, light doesn't penetrate this darkness. You know what, Grant? Nobody cares. You you made a whole (laughs) big deal about it at the beginning of the show. Just wanted to make. I wanted to make clear that no one saw Miss Olay. They just saw doors open. No one. No one helps me. <laughs> Joe, in your room, you see a couch and small desks covered in paint flakes and and thick dust filling what looks like a communal office. You saw an office earlier in this thing that looked like it had two desks where two people work. This has the same kind of feel. Um, that's all you see. It looks like there might have been some work happening in here. Um, but it's just desks. And there's a door leading out that you would know goes back into that room where you fought those apostles in Orphan. Where I nearly died. Almost died. Atticus is going to run into the room, go behind this desk, slam his back up against it, like diehard style. Like, <laughs> and reload his crossbow. Okay. <laughs> Aldo Casimir. Can I ask a question? Yeah. When does Tiny Murder Clown get Yeah, started? for real. Were you not putting him in the initiative He order? goes after Aldo. <laughs> I forgot about it. Oh, man. <laughs> he goes right now. I can barely remember me right. either. Twice no. in a row. Sorry. You should have said something earlier. Uh, so just to recap, yeah. I'm dressed in my yellow and red Jester's outfit. I yes. have my flame-colored hair. My arms are covered with crusted blood, and I have just been rummaging around in the corpse of a rat creature, right? Uh, you've been, uh, no, here you've been rummaging around oh. in the corpse of a uh, old woman in a wheelchair. <laughs> Sounds right. Okay, <laughs> so, uh, and I can see in this room it's dark. Uh, it, so, yeah, the, the room that you're standing room, in is darkness. Do you have dark vision? Uh, no. Okay, so yeah, you can't quite see, but you did feel Aldo come up to you, and you see, we'll say it's dim light in here. You can tell that uh, everyone else is on the other side of the room. Aldo came and hugged you and then ran away. Right, but the room he ran into is dark. It's total darkness. Okay, I'm like, I've got a trick for this, <laughs> and I cast dancing lights, and I start juggling. I have actually no idea if this really will work, but right. we're going to see. So he's like, and he just walks into the room. Just walks into, into the, room. the dark room, yeah, juggling right. his dancing lights. All right, so we'll say I'll d- uh, we'll say that you make it up to the door, sure. Uh, and because uh, I, I, I stole a turn from you, so we'll get you up to there. You walk in with the dancing lights, and the dancing lights disappear. Oh shit! And now you're in darkness as well. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so previous round you walked up there. This round, cast dancing lights and walked in. The lights go out. Aldo. Uh, Aldo is so he does. He can he see what's going on on the other side of the store that was uh, Mrs. O'Lady just opened. So you, when 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 she opened the door, you looked. You were probably able to look in when and, I saw. Yeah, and you saw. Obviously, you didn't see the full scope of what Mrs. O'Lady saw, but you did see people in there. Okay, um, he is man. I'm gonna go ahead and throw another bomb. Okay. Oh man. 
Uh, that oh is... Yeah, it's pretty dark in here. Uh, that is a natty 13, so that should be a 17 to hit. Roll a 50% mischance. All right. Ah, 82! Oh, 82! The bomb hits. Unlike every bomb you've seen Aldo throw since you met him, it doesn't light up. You just hear the sounds of it. And all of a sudden... The room lights up. Yeah. And as it does... Oh, I thought it would never happen. As it does, you see the small skeleton of what looks like a child crumble to the ground from the, uh, the blast of this bomb. And all over the child was like drawings with crayons covering its body and it just crumbles into a pile of bones. Can we speak again? With the pile of bones? No, just can I, do we have our voices Can we physically talk? Can we physically talk? Um, Yeah. Yeah. No. One hour. You can't talk. Can't talk for an hour. In real time. It's 944. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, he can't talk for an hour. Uh, Mrs. O'Lady will bang... It's already 9.44? Oh, dear. <laughs> Mrs. O'Lady will bang her sword cane on, on the wall to get everyone's attention and then point towards the door and be like... <laughs> <laughs> Let the record show. She's saying, don't go in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're out, of, you're out of combat now. Atticus will come back in the room. Hi, everybody. Look, everyone. It's Tony Murdoch. It is. Back. Hey, it's been a long time, you guys. Hey, if... Uh, I- I'm going to take a step closer to the pile of child bones. Okay. I mean, like, nobody cares if I have dibs on the soul, right? <laughs> and I just start rooting around in the bones with my hands. Rooting like around, moving the, the little drawings. Of... And I close my eyes and just pretend like I'm doing something. Okay. <laughs> because I can't actually absorb souls for two right. more levels. Just rooting around. Oh, yeah, this feels good. This creature, I've said, great pain. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> so that's what Tiny Murder Clown does. Uh, Mrs. O'Lady um, waves her arms and suggests we, we get out in case they're coming. As you do that... Oh, no. You hear a knock at the door that you open. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, at least they're knocking. That's pretty they're polite. Very at polite. Very polite. What do you do? Open the door. That's the only, this is the only thing, <laughs> polite thing to do. He's right. I open the door. You open going the to door. step away first. <laughs> Because we don't, we don't know for sure who it is. They could be good. They it could, could be anyone. They knocked. They could just be curious as to what's happening with this child. Wouldn't you be? I would be. Who can fault them? Open the door. You open the door and you see that these people in the yellow robes have <laughs> formed oh a little God. circle around the door. <laughs> oh, my God. They're even more terrifying because they're all the same pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And where's the one that knocked? They just teleport. (laughs) There's no one in front of the door. He's hanging on the wall with a bag on his head. (laughs) Uh, They're just standing there. They've got like a bedpost with nails on it, 
crowbars, whatever they could scavenge, and they're just looking at you, Mrs. O'Lady, right? Mrs. O'Lady looks back in hopes of finding someone who can speak, and she goes... And they just... They look at you kind of strangely. Go ahead and roll a perception check. Uh, 22. Okay, so you stand there, and, and while all of these strangers wear a bit of yellow, some of them have the robes that you've seen all the apostles wear, others just have like like little yellow markings on their clothing. They don't look like the battle-hardened brutes or glassy-eyed cultists that you've dealt with thus far. Oh, good. And as you stand there... That's good. A man, a man sort of uh, splits the crowd in the back, and he's wearing the coat of uh, a Briarstone doctor. You know it's a coat of the Briarstone doctor because you found some coats in another room very early on in the adventure. And, he, and he's coming, and he says, Stand down, stand down, everyone! Ah, yes! More come to gaze beyond and to serve the orpiment! Welcome, friend! Oh, or perhaps... Friends! Oh. Mrs. O'Lady gives a very childlike thumbs up. Yeah, Atticus just like puts his crossbow away. It's just like. Pick the wrong welcoming committee. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, I know. Two people who can't speak. It's great. Houser like climbs like grabs the edge of the doorframe and peeks his eyes over and says, um, We've yet to make any friends yet besides Crossbow Jackson. Uh, what might your name be? I'm Halster. And he hides back behind it. <laughs> and the crowd starts to back up a little bit as he pushes through and gets close to you and he's smiling. Big giant smile, wide eyes, and he's, he's looking at the other ones like, oh, we have more, we have more that have come, and he gets up to you, and as soon as he's close enough to you, Halster, he desperately whispers under his breath, nod and follow me if you want to live. <laughs> oh, oh, man! <laughs> That's awesome. Nod and follow me. Halster nods immediately. Like, way too hard so everyone can see it. Ah, yes! Wonderful! More to follow the opament! Come, my new friends, and close the door behind you. We never know what else lurks beyond. Right this way. Atticus will close the door. And he pushes you deeper into the room. (laughs) This is awesome. Oh, my God. God. As he pulls you deeper into the room, you just see all these cultists. Some of them are glassy-eyed, like what you're used to. Some of them uh, just look afraid, to be honest. As you're walking past, you see various doors leading out of the room. You see staircases to the east. I think I told that to uh, Mrs. O'Lady. I mean, it's a giant room. And any place you are in the room, you can't see beyond 40 feet because the mist is creeping in. You see there are barricades to the left. That mist, yellow mist, is just seeping in and filling the room. As you get deeper in, you see to the north as well, the walls are crumbled and they've got like wood slats up trying to block the outside from getting in, but still these tendrils of yellow vapors seep in. You get to the back of the room and he takes you into this tent here to the north, the northmost tent. And you all walk inside. Tiny murder clown. Mrs. O'Lady. 
Atticus Grimm, Halster Price, and Aldo Casimir. Who are you? You just said who we all are. (laughs) A narrator was... I don't have the same access to the narrator that you do. Oh, I see. We are like those around you. We are the chosen few who have survived the disaster that has befallen this place, and we are all fit to fight. My friend, this is not the time to uh, make light of the situation. I know that is not the truth. I just want to know who you are, really. I am not part of that. I have been forced into this situation. Sense motive. Twenty. You think he's telling the truth? My name is Halster Price, and I am trying to escape this place with every inch of my soul and every effort my body can give. My name is Dr. Ren Elborn. I study and treat diseases of the mind. I only started working at Briarstone a week ago, and at the time I was excited for the job. (laughs) That is a rough second week. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It seems hard to believe now in retrospect. Like many of the people that you see out there, I became trapped here when a patient named uh, Ulva Zandalus provoked a riot and the asylum fell. Uh, Are you... Are you familiar with Zandalus? Oh, we've seen his handiwork many times. Yes, there are people out there that will follow him to the ends of the earth, but there are many out there that are like me, trapped here under Zandalus's reign. We pretend to be a part of the cult, and he lets us live. Those who don't hang upon the walls outside. I'm sure you have many questions, but I must know, how did you get here How did you survive the rooms to reach the cafeteria? Let's go to the recap. (laughs) Don't do it. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. (laughs) Tell me in your own words. (laughs) I'll have my music. All the weather outside. Thank you, Underground Arts. <laughs> what, what an unbelievable story. <laughs> 30 minutes later. <laughs> no, an hour later so that uh, James and... Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. One hour later. That is truly amazing. Uh, I, I, well, I'm sure you must have many questions for me. Please, ask away. Why did you crucify all those people? <laughs> I did not crucify anyone. That was Zandalus and his people. Oh. In all serious now, can I talk? Or am I still... I was just looking around for something to write on. Uh, <laughs> no, you can't. Uh, they, 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 they have uh, the bags on their head because it was uh, Agra Loomis who did that to them. I have uh, an ink pen okay. and parchment. So I'm going to write 
we, that Mr. Lady and I can't speak. We feel the effect will wear off soon. Okay. Uh, how long can we hang, hide out here until we can speak? Okay. Are we safe here for the next hour? Yeah, you know, yes, you are, you are quite safe. Uh, in fact, once I know a little bit more about you, uh, you could even stay here and rest if you so choose. But in answer to your question, the bodies hanging there were victims of uh, Agra Loomis. She's one of Briarstone's uh, only truly dangerous patients. She killed nine men in Rosenport over 40 years ago. They called them the, the bag lady murders, since she always wrapped up her victims' faces. Apparently, she passed between prisons and hospitals, but finally ended up here. She's got to be nearly 70 now, but she's still strong as a devil. Those who did not join Zandalus immediately were hung, and she insisted to cover their head in bags. Did you say... Rosenport? Uh, yes. I know that that's where Zandalus was transferred from to come here. Oh, Whoa. my. Whoa. Grant. Whoa. I took, I took notes. I did a control F, command F. I'm on a Mac. I looked up Rosenport, and you can that's see... That's the PDF for book one. No, it's not. <laughs> it's strange Eon's notes. I'm 90% sure he missed it. This asshole won't give you a bottle cap for no. anything. I don't have any. I'd have to I buy. have bottle caps for you to give him. If you, if you want to give him, I can loan you some bottle caps. Let's wait till he really earns it. I have a bottle okay. cap for my water bottle. That's that trash. Works. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what do you know? What do you know of, of Zandalus? I know that um, he's a mute and that he can see perhaps beyond our own world. Um, he, he came here with much interest and... <laughs> furiously scribbling over there. Right, the artist. Yeah. Are we still painter? He's able to draw <laughs> an obelisk outside of the grounds of the... Yeah, I see, I see. everything there. Uh, let's just quickly do a... We do this again. Oh, God. <laughs> All the way outside is and we cover Culver By the time you explain it, now both of you can speak. Yeah! That was a thrilling... Back, baby. That was a thrilling 33-minute conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured it as like those of us who could talk like killing time. It's just like... So, are you from the area? <laughs> Did you go to school around here? or? Uh... Oh, oh, I have a question now that we've been here 40 minutes. Uh, yes. Is there uh, a door out of here or anything like that? Like to the outside? There are uh, many doors, though we are only allowed to go so far. Some based on the rules and some based on the creatures that lurk beyond. Well, Powerful creatures? Um, yes, as far as we know. Would you say they have a deep reservoir of inner strength? <laughs> I do not know their inner workings, but uh, oh. we, we all fear them uh, you deeply. Want, you know what? what? Knowing inner workings is what I do 11th best. <laughs> well, then I'm, I'm sure you'll do just fine here. If, is it your plan to, to go deeper into this? What is your plan? Well, where is Zandalus? Tell us that first. Where is he? Does he patrol this area? Does he watch over you personally? He and his closest followers keep 
to what remains of the hall upstairs. You cannot get there through these stairs here as the upper floors above have crumbled and clogged the stairwell, but deeper in you can, but no one is allowed up there. Zandalus's thugs stand guard, but worse, the weird mist collects up there like snake in a hole. Who knows what they do in the fog, but we all hear the chanting and screaming, though we pretend we don't hear. How many of them are you that are pretending and would prefer to not be here? Well, I do not know who is pretending and who is not, but I know that there are many people here that are victims. They have no choice in the matter. It was either stand in line when Zandalus took over or be hung on the wall. It's not so much that they're pretending, but they are prisoners. We, we, we have also seen others that were uh, apostles of Orpiment, and they turned into ghouls. Do you have any information on that? Why, why, why would these acolytes eventually turn into something they never wanted to be? Ghouls, you say? I, I haven't heard anything about them turning into ghouls. Do you know the name Winter Claxa? Winter Claxa, it seems to ring a bell, but no. She, she is rallying survivors to the south. They've created a strange cult of log worshippers. <laughs> she, there are other, they have found strength there are others in the wood. They, there are, it has bound them together. There are other survivors here in Briarstone? Yes. yes. You, must, you must not mention this outside of the tent. Okay. There are some in here who believe in Zandalus's creed, who believe in the prophecies he put forth. Should they know there are survivors holed up elsewhere, they will go and they will kill them. You must keep that to yourself. What are the specific details of those prophecies? What does he believe is going to happen? And what does he need to do to make it happen? I wish I knew. You're worthless! Slaps me in the face. Wasting our time! <laughs> I have secured Zandalus's tolerance, if not his trust, by treating the wounded here in this little makeshift hospital that I have made. I have made myself useful, perhaps even indispensable. You're like the medic in the mob. Yes. Uh, they take people to yeah, when they it's like a, go it's to the like hospital. A, it's like a veterinarian with mob ties. <laughs> like everyone goes there with gunshot wounds. There's like dogs barking in cages. <laughs> yes, I spend most of my time working on diseases of the mind of gerbils. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, I was able to transfer that over to helping people missing limbs. <laughs> does Andalus, does he even come down here to check on what's going on? At first he did, but now he just sends his thugs to tell us what we are to do. Everyone stands in line now, and he looks in the direction of those bodies hanging on the wall. How many thugs are there? I do not roughly. Know for, I do not know for sure. Like six? <laughs> Seven? There is more like four. Less than six, more than two. Three. Oh, really? Like, are you... There's, there's not that many? I do not know for sure. We have not seen all of them, but I uh, assume he is well protected. But it's more like five than like 25. As far as I know, yes, but there are other things that lurk the hallways. We may not be much to look at. I agree. We are. Um, I, 
Excuse me? Oh, only I can say that. <laughs> but we are somewhat powerful. It's true. What other things lurk the halls? I do not know for sure. I have been confined here. But uh, some of us go uh, deeper to try and uh, scavenge what food we can. There's nothing much but potatoes left in kitchens. Oh, no. I'm so... so I hope you secure them. He'll be... He'll be sworn by wolverines. That can <laughs> stiff them out. <laughs> be, be sure to keep them in a, like a high cabinet or something so they don't like come breaking in. We know of a wolverine who resides in the outer plane. <laughs> well, we are all very sick of potato-based food. Impossible. Is it your desire to go... The Irish you truly are crazy. The Irish never get sick <laughs> of the potatoes. So I, I can see now why you've been interred here in this asylum. Yeah. Never yeah. once in my life. Like, Man, I really can't have any more mashed potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yup. <laughs> is it your plan to try and take down Zandalus? It is our plan to escape. And if it means taking down Zandalus, then I believe yes. Well, that will be the only... Way. You say you have powers, madam. What sort of powers? We are all talented on our own ways. <laughs> I'm fueled up with no fewer than three souls right now. He's... I've got an old woman, I got a rat woman, and I got a worthless half orc. <laughs> Full orc. Full orc. Oh, I guess so they say. Don't you dare speak of the green loser that way. He was light green at best. That's true. <laughs> also, I throw bombs. <laughs> I use the power of my mind to hurt people and learn things. Even if you were to go upstairs and take out Sandalus's guards, he is still locked away in this maze of fog up there from what we understand. So it seems to me, if your plan is to escape, and if removing Zandalus is the only way, perhaps I have an idea. I myself have been unable to do such a thing, but if you consider yourselves capable, perhaps this plan will work. He leans in. No, back up. Not that close. No, no. This. I have personal space issues. He reeks of potatoes. <laughs> listen, listen, quiet. Shut up. Shut, sh- sh- shut, shut up. Sandalus Zand- <laughs> calls his most devoted. I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Don't play kiss chicken with me. <laughs> kiss you right on the lips, Grant. Sandalus calls his most devoted acolytes his Onerogens. Most stay locked away with them upstairs from what we understand, but at least one watches over the northwestern tower. I have no idea what he does up there, but I think he's alone. If you got to him, you could perhaps wring some of Zandalus's secrets out of him, maybe even learn how to get rid of this awful mist. 
once it's gone, a way out can perhaps be procured. And what you do with Zandalus is up to you. <laughs> can you guide us to this northwest tower? <laughs> Look at him. He's so excited, bless him. The I doors miss you guys. the doors to the northwest will take you there. Keep moving west until you go west no more, and you should find stairs. This is all I know. You are well versed in working on diseases of the mind. Yes. But not diseases of the body. We are very ill. I feel us weakening by the day. Do you have any sort of medicines? Anything that could help us? Such as what? Such as the cure for filth fever. <laughs> I... Or the spell... That's the restoration. I do not have access to spells and whatnot. Uh, are you all ill, all five of you? We, our oh, supplies yes. are very low. I feel fine. Huh. Uh, yes, we are all not, as all, not all as lucky as him. Uh, maybe I could find something here. And he reaches into like a, a medical bag and he's like, uh, here, take this. And he gives you a, a potion of cure moderate wounds. Oh. This actually tracks with what you said about Briarstone Asylum. They didn't want to use magic to treat these yeah. mental ailments. So, good job, Troy. Yeah. You ch- that's, that's, that's really all that we can part with. Hmm. All right. You win this round. Which way do we go? To the north. West. To the west. northwest. <laughs> to the northwest. To the store. I mean, I'm ready to go. I don't know about you guys, but oh, I, I'm ready. I, I think we're just going to get I'm ready. sicker if we wait. Yeah, let's do and it. We might as well just go. All right. So there are two doors. He's made it seem to you that like both doors lead to the same room. He'll tell you that like both doors lead to the same room, but the farther you go in, he doesn't really know what's in there. Are they trapped? They're both heavily trapped. <laughs> uh, uh, no. Move yourselves on the map up to right. those doors. Let us go with all haste. Halster, open the door. Of course, as is custom. Oh, uh, Mrs. O'Leary turns to Tiny Murder Clown. By the way, yeah, we learned some things about you. Oh, um. Oh, that's right. What? Do, what do you mean? <laughs> we we found your file, right? Yes, that is yes, right. yes. We found your file. Well, uh, well, um, was it was it thick? No. No. I'm a gnome. That makes sense. <laughs> you, go, you go through the files and you find it again. It says, matching his physical description, his name was Ferbal Haas. Originally from Nizwan, Ferbal was exiled from his homeland after offending a council member, or excuse me, a member of the Council of Three and Nine. Colon claims to have the power to seal souls. <laughs> That tracks. <laughs> yes. I mean, that, uh, does any of that sound familiar to me at all? The Steel Souls part really... Yeah. <laughs> really rings a bell. That really hits my heartstrings, yeah. <laughs> That's one thing that did re- remain yeah. out of, after all yeah. this. But Council of Three and Nine is one... No, it's like vague Even the name. recollections. But that's about it. Wow. Verbal Haas. 
Furble Haas. Would you like us to address you as Furble? I kind of like it. I mean, you can call me whatever you want. I kind of like Tiny Murder Clown, too. I like Tiny Murder Clown. I'm a fan of Tiny Murder Clown. (laughs) I'll call you Furble. I mean, what's really your name? Your name that your mom gives you or what your friends call you, right, buddies? Yeah, the term of endearment. (laughs) All right. I'll be Tiny Murder Clown as long as you guys are alive. (laughs) Aww. (laughs) That's nice. Do you plan on helping us to stay alive? Uh, for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> okay. And then That's... probably again in a few months. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to open the door? Yes. yes. Absolutely. You open the door and you Both see same time. a room that's sort of uh, an upside-down L-shape. To the north, there's more rubble collapse. Directly across from you to the south, you see uh, a door... Uh, and then the room stretches on. I'll give you a little flavor. You see at least one fireplace, but it looks like a row of fireplaces standing among heaps of barrel-sized pots and cooking implements in this ruin of what was very clearly a kitchen. There's doors all over the place. South, east, uh, Atticus, who's busy talking to his buddy Matthew, you would see with your dark vision... There's door. There's a door on the far side of the room as well. You can uh, see with my dark vision. There's a door on the far side yes, of the room as well. But multiple corners of the room have corners. collapsed. How far? How much dark division do you have? Sixty feet. All right. So I'm not really giving you. You guys. You all can't see this, but you would be able to see that there's this weird little uh, line of rocks that looks very deliberately cordoning off the westernmost door. What? You do. I'm going to say. I have a feeling we're going to be up against something rather dangerous. Let's move quickly and not hesitate. Uh, I'm going to reach out, I think, and touch Mrs. O'Lady. Uh, and I'm going to cast. Oh. I'm going to cast Fox's Cunning. <laughs> Fox's Cunning on Mrs. O'Lady. Okay. Uh, give her a plus four bonus to intelligence for the next three minutes. Ooh. So let's move quickly so she can case the area, knowledge check, stuff okay. like that. All right, so do you move into the room? Yes. All right, where do you go? Uh, I'll I'll just move my character into here. I think in this uh, upside-down L or right-side-up 7, Halster will go straight to the rocks. So Halster beelines it up to the edge of the rocks. Okay. Aldo uh, hustles after him to be close to his best friends. Okay. Uh, TMC, run TMC. uh, He's going to come along as well. All right, so uh, they, they're all in kind of a straight line. They're going to investigate that rock pile while Atticus and Mrs. O'Lady hang out towards the back of the room. Can uh, I roll a knowledge check on the rock pile? The formation, perhaps? Yeah. What, which knowledge would you like? Engineering. <laughs> I don't have that one. Oh, you want to do Arcana to see if there's any... What are you, what are you trying to figure out? Any, Is there any like, kind of magical, like magical significance? significance? Yeah, then roll Arcana. Uh, that will be a 31. Oh, wow. That's Fox high, cunning. That's high. Definitely not any magical significance. Oh. You're 100% sure. Is there anything unusual that I just note with a perception check? Yeah, go ahead and roll a perception. 24. Nothing unusual, per se, other than they're blocking off that side of the room. You don't know if they're blocking off the fireplace or if they're blocking off the door or if they're blocking off the collapse 
Uh, this looks intentional, though. This isn't just... It looks very intentional. Are they big rocks or are they small rocks? They're various size rocks. Is there one that's under five pounds? No. Right. Yeah, sure. There's one under five pounds. I will lift it to see what happens. And with, with, with my telekinesis to see you what lift happens. lift the rock. Oh, that's cool. I know, the, right? Do you fling it or you just levitate it? I lift it and move it out of its spot. Nothing happens. I drop it. The room explodes. <laughs> um, seeing. <laughs> Aside from the explosion, everything seems to be fine. Uh, seeing this, getting an idea from Mrs. O'Lady, Atticus is going to step up. And he's going to reach out and do the same exact thing. He's going to mage hand up a rock. Okay. And throw it at that far door. Ooh. So it's like, dunk. And just see if there's any reaction to that. Throw it at the far door. Dunk. Roll a perception check. Someone else like to roll a perception check? Nine. You just see the, wa- the rock hit, hit the door and just fall. And we wait a minute. Or not a minute. Sorry. We wait four seconds. Nothing happens. Push forward. Nothing. Let's push forward. Halsta, quickly. Actually, uh... Aldo is going to just search each of these fireplaces in turn before we move on. All right, so Aldo's plan is to search one, two, and then three fireplaces. Yeah. And Halster will go ahead of him and in front of the third one before he gets there to protect him. So, like, he'll do the, the furthest away one, the second one, and then as he gets to the third one, Halster will be in front of him. Where's uh, Tiny Murder Clown going? Uh, he'll stand behind Aldo and go, What are you looking for, buddy? Okay. Uh, Mrs. O'Lady? I'll join Halster. Okay, you join Halster and Atticus? I'll join Mrs. O'Lady and Halster. Okay. So you let Aldo kind of do his thing. Aldo, roll a perception check. Ooh, uh, that is a 23. So you see these big barrel-sized pots in all the fireplace, but they, they're inert. There's nothing happening. Uh, with any of them. Whatever this kitchen was originally used for, it hasn't been used in a while, as far as you can tell. So you search the first fireplace. You find nothing. You go over to the second fireplace with Aldo and uh, Mrs. O'Lady. Excuse me, with uh, Halster and Mrs. O'Lady right behind you. Nothing. You get up to the third one, and all of a sudden you hear a noise of like a pot clattering. But you don't see anything cooking on any of the fireplaces. But then all of a sudden, the pot that's there starts to move. Oh, no. Everybody roll for initiative. Oh, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No. Give it to me straight, <laughs> tiny murder clown. Thirteen. Thirteen for My TMC. Mrs. O'Lady. Twenty. Twenty for Mrs. O'Lady. Nice. Atticus. Uh, are we uh, no longer fatigued? Uh, yeah, no, it's been Right, that was from good. the other thing. Uh, then that is a 21. 21. <laughs> Philly yeah. Joe. Aldo. 16. 16 for Aldo Halster. Halster has a 16. Yes. Aldo, oh, what Grant, did you... Grant have, forgot the name of his I, character. No, no, no. We were going down the line, and then he <laughs> Sorry, skipped over to Aldo around. instead of Halster, so I answered. 16 Sorry. for Halster. What'd yep. you have, Aldo? Uh, 17. 17. Boom. Okay. Billy Joe! Billy Joe! Yeah! 
Matthew, there's only a few minutes left in this show, really. We just rolled initiative. I think it's time for a mind eraser. It's time to erase your mind! Enjoy. Oh, come on! Made me drink alone. Mrs. O'Lady is immune to peer pressure. He's got a 9 o'clock train tomorrow, but I got a 9 o'clock job to go to. Drink that mind eraser! Yes. I thought it would work. You're a foolish man. As soon as the three of you get up there, the cauldron tips over, and a vaporous spectral image of a lean man's sobbing face pours out of the end of the cauldron, filling the area for a moment, just like... Oh, and then it just dissolves. Oh, no. Everybody roll a fortitude save. Oh, oh my God. No. Everybody within that area. So just uh, the two of you and Mrs. O'Lady, not TMC and Atticus. Uh, eight. Eight? Thirteen. Thirteen? Six. You all feel really, really bad. Oh. But you don't know why. Round one, it's Atticus's turn. Atticus, you see them all like buckle over in pain from their, something happening within their stomach. You see this spectral face emerge as well. What do you do? It, dissol- it dissolves as soon as it comes out. So there's nothing there. There's nothing there. I delay. You delay. Mrs. O'Lady. <laughs> Billy oh, Joe. Wait, 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 wait. No, I don't delay. I'm going to do a knowledge check. I'm okay. going to do a knowledge religion. Give them what they want, Joe. He is dressed like Santa Claus in Philadelphia, so it makes sense that they boo him. (laughs) Can I roll a knowledge check? Yeah, roll a knowledge religion. I don't have that one. Wait, can I roll it untrained? I don't know. No. No. As long as the DC is 10 or lower, you're fine. Can't roll it untrained unless you're a bard. You got nothing. Um, I will move... Gonna move away from it or move past it? Move past it. Move past it towards the direction of the door? Yes. Okay. Aldo, what do you do? Uh, Aldo is. All right. I think he's just gonna step back towards this other door down on the southern wall. Okay. Uh, And he's just like, kind of like searching his body over his head. What's happening to me? I feel utterly buggered. Something. Mate? <laughs> That's Aldo, all right. Halster, what do you do? Uh, if Halster can't see anything or, or, or act on anything, he will. Um, God, he'll, I've wanted to delay, Joe. I've never done this before. What? Yeah. You never do. Get There's into no it, dude. Join the club. We are in the city of brotherly love. We are in the city of the Liberty Bell. Let's delay, baby. Yeah, yeah. baby. Yeah, baby. It's exactly how the rebels, the revolutionaries, that's yeah. how they approached the war oh, against delayed. the hated British. Oh, no. They delayed, delayed, delayed. Oh, thank you. Uh, delayed I- until General Howe just got tired of running after them and, and surrendered. <laughs> Tiny murder clown. So there's nothing to see at this stage. Nothing to see. It seems like whatever happened has happened. And your friends have been affected oh, by it. But, but that's it. But they're brief. Oh. Oh. Well, here's what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to plant both of my little feet with the upturned toes with the little bells on the end. Mm-hmm. I'm going to 
hold out my fists, and I'm going to ready to punch something the second that I see it. Readies to punch. Atticus, what do you do? Nothing has happened. This thing came out, and it's gone. You don't even feel like you're in danger anymore. Um... I'll do a, a knowledge religion. Do a knowledge religion. see if it's uh, whatever happened is past and it's okay. done. Uh, 18. Yeah, some sort of haunt. The haunt took effect. It may happen again. You want to get the hell out of there. Yeah. Oh. All right. He will, I'm not going to move until this thing shows its face and I can punch it. Yes, he will He will turn to uh, Aldo be like, open the door. Get us out of here before this thing re-emerges. To right. And he, on his next opportunity, he does so. It is. This is a lady. Then it's oh, Aldo's turn. This the door is down to the south. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I moved myself in the wrong space. Um, I will move over and open the door. Miss Lady moves over and opens the door. There are a few people in this room. Oh God damn it! Oh. There are four oh, no. people in this room. Oh, what? <laughs> oh no! Those ones in the back are creepy. <laughs> They're like the. Shining twins. Oh. <laughs> oh no! Come play with us, Mrs. O'Lady. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So you open the door and you see cracks everywhere. Immediately on the south side of the room, the wall is completely cracked. Like there are two doors leading out somewhere, but that wall is a disaster, and they've got like really poor barricades up against it. Uh, There's smoke that kind of billows out of the room as you walk in from cooking fires. There's doors all over the place. You walk in and you see four of these apostles in Orpiment. Two of them turn on you, brandishing those same makeshift weapons that you've seen all throughout this and when you just came into the giant cafeteria full of these apostles and then the other two turn around with frying pans in their hand there is a distinct smell of potatoes in the air and they're like "Ah! who are you where are your robes we're in training (laughs) we haven't received our robes yet we haven't earned them training training for what we are being inducted as, a, as apostles in Orpiment. You are in training We were for... sent to gather potatoes this way. Roll a bluff jack. Oh. Come on, menu! <laughs> I can throw inspiration on this. No. Thirteen. Ooh. We've never went through any training. No, no, this doesn't add up at all. What's your story over there, crazy hair? Looks at Aldo. We're in training. I believe you. (laughs) (laughs) That uh, a woman in the back steps up. She's like, gentlemen, please, please. Obviously, they are friends of the Orpiment, unless they came through and murdered everyone in the large hall. No, exactly. Would we even be here if we weren't friends? I put my bloody arms behind my back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look, he's just a regular gnome. Look at him. Bless him. I want you to look me in the eyes and say you didn't murder anyone in the previous hall. We didn't Uh, murder anyone in the previous hall. No. Do we all have to say Of course not. All together now, 
We At all. Orbament. Good. Good. Apostles. Are you at all interested in some potatoes? Yes. Oh, I'm so hungry. What kind of potatoes? Uh, We have... Scalloped? All sorts of potatoes. Oh, gratin? We're very sick of potatoes. I I made a lovely potato filet the other day. Filet? I'm very tired, and all I have to work with is potatoes. Potato loin. It's like a... Yes, we have a, a stuffed potato. With, it's stuffed with other potatoes, of course. And of course, potato stuffed potato. Potatoes au gratin, but instead of cheese, it's it's really just more potatoes that we melt over the potato. Oh, a patuckin. Yes. Oh well, at Thanksgiving yeah. this year we we have we all roasted from. the potato. And yes, I I carved it, of course. Who is, are you? I imagine you have vast and unparalleled skills at peeling potatoes by now. Unfortunately, yes. I was a pastry chef before this all went down. Uh, my, I'm sorry. My, I've disposed with uh, pleasantries. My name is Ivory. I, Ivory Gardine. I was the uh, pastry chef. I say pastry chef. I was the pastry chef back at my my former job, but things didn't work out. I ended up here, and my mm-hmm. talents perhaps went to waste. Patients don't need creme brulee. <laughs> were, were, were we going to eat? By the way, this would be real more interesting if we were eating at the same time. Uh, yes, um, what? We don't have a menu per se, but... Uh, Just give us potatoes! Here's a, a potato. Oh. I just scarf it down like a dog yes. eating a piece of cheese. That looks delectable. Yes, no, it's not. It's very terrible. Um, but anyways, I, the, oh, there's so much to d- discuss. Uh, gentlemen, please put down your crowbars. They're obviously with us. Uh, these are uh, my friends, and she, she points to the other three people. Uh, we're all we're all cool. Uh, we're not. I don't know what your story is, but we're, we're not. We're not. We don't mean to hurt you. We're more afraid of what's happening here than uh, than anyone. Uh, anyways, I, I, I was I was a pastry chef, and I came here, and I, my talents were wasted. When the riots went down, I, I made cookie dough out of the remaining supplies and was able to give it to the rioters, and for some reason it worked. It kept me alive. But now all I have is potatoes, and I can't make cookie dough out of potatoes. And so I feel as if our lives are at risk. Isn't that right? And they're all like, yes, we're very sick of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> well... Perhaps, if we were to journey forward, we hear a rumor that somewhere near the Northwest Tower, there might be some flour. And then you can make potato gnocchi. (laughs) Which is kind of like a pastry. Roll a bluff check. (laughs) Come on, man. Eight. Oh, God damn it. Ten. Why would you lie about the presence of flour? I'm sorry. It's a very dark time, and we must be given hope. I love gnocchi. We ventured forth in the vain hope that we might find some flour as to make gnocchi. And yet, here we are. We we come through these haunted halls, and we find a pastry chef who might be able to make it. Should we find some flour? Is that not, in and of itself, a minor miracle? Some, sometimes hope requires a bit of self-delusion. Exactly. 
And we are masters of that. (laughs) We know for certain if we do not go through that door, there will never be any flower. He's right. But if we do, there might be. Yes. She looks at all of you, and just as she's about to speak, suddenly the doors to the south that were blocked by debris, I said, like, really poorly made barricades, start shaking violently, like, and all four of them just, like, back up against the wall. The two guards, the non-cooks, like, hold their weapons, and they just, like, they're shaking, uh, watching, and something is just, like, shaking the door violently. What is that? And then it stops. What was that? What is in there? We don't know. But if you are friends to us and you are here more than just to bring us flour, perhaps you would deal with the threats outside as much as I would love a good gnocchi or a tart. <laughs> or a tart. I would much rather not be murdered by whatever that is. It's only a matter of time until that door and our shitty barricades give way. Perhaps you could go investigate what lurks beyond. It would be a, a great boon to the apostles in Orpiment, as well to me, Ivory Gardine, pastry chef. I think we can arrange that. Tiny Murder Clown. Yeah? How are you at investigating? Um, investigating's what I do about 40th best. Sounds good enough for me. (laughs) Head right in, old friend. We'll follow you. Oh, you want me to go first? I wouldn't be... I wouldn't dream of surpassing (laughs) you. This will be a moment that everyone will remember. The triumph of... Gerbil Voss. Gerbil Voss. Gerbil. Oh, Gerbil. Okay. Tiny murder clown. I just ran the door. <laughs> Runs through. Gerbil Voss. After me, lads and ladies. So TMC runs out. <laughs> Which door, left or right? I always take the left-hand path. So Gerbil Voss, nay, tiny murder clown, opens the door. Tiny Murdercon, nay, for boss. <laughs> <It's true>. Nay. <laughs> Not and to it, be Matthew, but... That and is. it leads... <laughs> you really Matthewed me there. Been Matthewed. It leads to outside. <gasps> oh, I've escaped! You don't see anything. You don't see the source of that door shaking. You do see a tree, but it looks like it opens into a courtyard. There's a sour smell in the air, and the mist is sort of wafting throughout. You can see, but uh, from the mist is moving constantly as the air kind of tunnels down into this opening in the asylum, and it's making the mist move so rapidly that sometimes you can feel like you can see deeper into the courtyard, and it looks like it goes on for a while. Other times, you can't see more than 10, 20 feet in front of you. There are uh, eddies in the fog creating like phantom shapes among the shadows of bent trees and wilted foliage. You can see that probably at a time this had the makings of a very picturesque courtyard, but now all the plants are dead and the air hangs thick with the smell of rot. What do you do? I run into the the mist and disappear. Go follow me, you guys! And just run into the chaos of the mist. 
Goodbye. Follow me. Come on. Tiny murder cloud disappears into the mist. There's a small little path there that uh, he walks along to the left. What does Mrs. O'Lady do? I follow Tiny Murder Clown. You follow Tiny Murder Clown right on his heels, and uh, you start to see a little bit more of this courtyard. There is a a pathway that looks to encircle it, and you can see off uh, that that door leading out the other way, there's another pathway, so maybe it circles the courtyard. You can't quite tell. Uh, Atticus, looks like you moved out as well. Yes, following Mrs. O'Lady into the mist. Following Mrs. O'Lady into the mist. Aldo Casimir, what do you do? He says, uh, come on, best friend. We've got to protect our other best friends. And he runs out uh, under this tree sitting here and gets next to Mrs. O'Lady to see what's happening. Okay. Uh, and finally, Halster Price, what do you do? Shit, I love potatoes. Oh, but I've got to go. And he runs outside. You run outside as well. So you're out there in the mist, rotting trees. Sometimes you can see deeper in. Sometimes you can't. Tiny Murder Clown, you're at the front of this, leading the charge. What do you do? I search forward and take a ride around that corner and go deeper into the mist. I'm not afraid of anything. Fellas, we're home free! <laughs> Verbal Haas slash Tiny Murder Clown delves deeper in, and you see that the, the courtyard just continues on and on. Uh, Mrs. O'Lady, what do you do? I follow Tiny Murder Clown. You follow Tiny Murder Clown. Uh, Aldo Casimir. Same. I'm sticking with Mrs. O'Lady. Sticking with Mrs. O'Lady. House to Price. I like this plan. It's a good one. Let's go with it. <laughs> so you stick to the path there, moving along. Um, Atticus, something very strange about this. You can't quite wrap your head around it, but it just, it's very unsettling. Moments ago, you heard a you walk out here and you see nothing but a vaporous courtyard. All your friends keep moving along there. Something seems off to you. What do you do? Uh, can I do a knowledge check? Mm. Yeah. Uh, can I do... I don't know, man. This is crazy. Knowledge religion? Knowledge arcana? I don't know. I, I'm just going to follow them. Okay. You're just going to follow them. Yeah, I have a, a bad feeling, but it's like... It's just a horrible place. You always have a bad feeling. At that moment... Things get really, really weird. Aldo, roll a perception check. Uh, 23. You're walking along, and you're a little bit off the path, whereas the rest of them are following. You went up to that tree, mm-hmm. and then you skulked along to the tree. There's only so much room on the path, and you're not moving single file. You're walking along out there, and you've got your eyes peeled all around you. And it looks like there's a white horse galloping deeper into the mist. Oh, and behold, I saw a white horse. At that moment, around Atticus's feet, the yellow vapor and fog in the courtyard seems to curl around your leg and start grasping at your ankle and pulling you. At that same moment, 
all of you hear as the body of a ghoul just explodes in front of your feet. And something comes down. Uh oh. And goes after Mrs. O'Lady. What is oh, it? Oh no! What does I it look like? I know what it is. It's the tickler. Let's go a little long tonight. Huh? No! We're going long, going long. So good, good Lord, because we're going, going long. Just a little, going long. Just a little, going long. So good Lord, because we're going. Thank you, Nick Lowe. Everybody roll for initiative. Oh, my God. Just a little bit long. I want to finish the year, finish the season with a bang, literally and possibly. No, just literally. Uh, no. Atticus, what do you got? Uh, I got an 18. Okay, not bad, not bad. Not bad. Mrs. O'Lady? 13. <laughs> Aldo? Uh, 21. 21 is good. Halster? Four. Four. I don't like it. Tiny Murder Clown? 19. 19 for Tiny Murder Clown. <laughs> okay, oh boy. First thing that happens, that fog that was roiling around your ankle there, uh, Atticus, Atticus, it tries to trip you. It's going to be a 16 against CMD. Have a killer CMD. No, I'm, no, no. Yes, hit. Yeah, it hits you. So it, it, the fog yanks you and you trip and fall prone boop, 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 on the ground, onto the moist ground. At that moment... Above Mrs. O'Lady, a faceless, eerily gaunt creature with a long body and a weird, moist tail comes down and tries to claw you. Oh, God. 23. Oh, my God. Oh, no. A couple of things are going to happen. First... You take eight points of damage. Okay. Then it tries to grab you. Oh, no. Natty 18. Oh, no. So this thing above your head comes in, claws you for eight points of damage, and then grapples you, and you all of a sudden feel very light as it... Slowly lifts you off the ground. It is Aldo's turn. Aldo, you see this. You hear Atticus fall to the ground. A body exploded in front of you, and Mrs. O'Lady has been clawed and grabbed by who knows what. Uh, can I do a perception check to see if I can make out what it is that's grabbing Mrs. O'Lady? Or yeah. Uh, uh, that is an eight. An eight. Yeah, you, it's, it's all happening very fast. You can't quite get a good look at it. It's, it's got wings. It's got this long tail. You have no idea what it is. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try to throw a bomb behind it to catch it in the blast radius Here's of my bomb. the problem. It's flying in the air. There is no Oh. Well, then, um, I am going to charge it and hack at it with my sickle. 
Okay. So you step up and give a swing with your sickle. Oh, that's a natty 19. Yeah, dude. There you go. Every little bit counts. So that is a that is a 19. That is a that is a hit. Uh, <laughs> so that is a, a 19. Four points of damage. Four points of damage. The Unhand Molady! <laughs> Perhaps the first sickle attack from Aldo and in a while, long we've played quite this. some time, yes. Uh, tiny murder clown. Something about this. Yeah, this feels familiar. Very, very familiar to you. Yeah, I before I do anything, I just yell out to Mrs. O'Lady, and I'm like, "Don't worry too much, Mrs. O'Lady. This thing picked me up once, and it mostly just tickled me." <laughs> In the brain. And then uh, I'm going to... Now I'm even more terrified. (laughs) I'm going to move around. I guess I can move my own guy. I'm going to move around um, to get uh, adjacent to the creature. Okay. How much... uh, Yeah, you've got enough movement to get over there. Now, obviously, it's it's flying, so adjacent is relative, but you can get within attacking range. Oh, yeah. It's It's still within swing range. If it moves up at all. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. This is going to be pretty cool, I think. I'm going to leap up. And do like a little backflip thing. Okay. And try to come down with both of my heels on its back. And what I'm doing is a hungry ghost monk trick that is called a stunning kick. And if it's successful, I can move it five feet and I'm going to just try and push it further down to the ground. Ooh, oh, nice. 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 All right. Give us a chance. Roll to hit with your stunning kick. This is huge. This is huge, Mr. Mona. Oh, all right. I got a 22. Oh, oh, yes. That is a hit. Yes. Yeah, dude. All right. So it's actually called Punishing Kick. It needs to do a DC, unfortunately, 13 uh, fortitude save, I assume. Yeah, DC 13 go. fortitude save. Crushed it. Well, it's still going to take some damage from my foot. How much damage are we talking? I mean, a little. Uh, D4 plus one. Oh. Take this, you... Feel heal. I, I did two points of damage. Two points of damage. Oh, yeah. man. That was one wow. punishing kick. You healed it for two points of damage. <laughs> That's good. I did. That's good. <laughs> Come on. Come on. It's the end of the night. Atticus, you're on your back. The fog just tripped you. Mel Torme. <laughs> the velvet fog. <laughs> uh, Atticus is just going to, in, in a panic, uh, on the ground, he's going to cast... Mirror image on himself. Okay. <laughs> Give himself multiple images. New yes. spell. New spell. Yes. Never rolled a mirror image D4. F- five images. Wow. Wow. Max wow. images. That's great because you're clearly the target of this thing. So <laughs> you're going to need all those images. It is, and then he stands up. Anyone stand up, Mrs. O'Lady? You are in the clutches of this thing. It's bad news. Uh, it seems that way. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to roll to cast defensively, and if I get, I'm going to need you to roll a will save. Okay. Roll to cast uh, defensively. Casting while grappled is a different DC, no? Yeah. It, even even for psychic spells. What's that? Even for psychic spells that require no somatic or verbal component. What do you guys think? Psychic spells? You still have to... Yeah, I heard a yes. That's all I needed. Sorry. (laughs) One yes. So the DC is 10 higher. No, I don't know what the DC is. I mean, my my, my DC is 17. Okay, make it a 20. Okay, I still got it. Okay. Okay. 
So I got to roll a what? R- will save. Okay, will save. Now, if it uh, actually, when it took damage against uh, Eric, I had to roll uh, against Tiny Murder Clown. I had to roll a fly check to make sure it didn't drop five. Oh feet. yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, made it. So I'll do the same thing here. What kind of save? Will. Uh, oh, failed. Oh, on the ground. Get him. All right, seven points of damage from a mind thrust. Not bad. Nice. I'll tell you right now, every little bit counts. It is Halster Price. And then turn. I say, please kill this thing. I would like to get back to the ground. <laughs> she very calmly says. Halster will step over the six Atticuses or Atticai, however you want to say it, and uh, get into flanking position with Aldo, I hope. I know he throws bombs, but I think he'd still throw fists. I'm armed with a sickle. I'm armed with a sickle. sickle. He shot, shot the sickle. I forgot. Uh, here we go. Here is the attack. Uh, that should be a 22 to hit. Ooh. That is a hit. All, All right, right, dude. Here we go. This is huge. Minimum damage. Six points of damage. Oh. Brutal. Oh, that is. Oh, no. That is so bad. Very, very, very bad. It's its turn. Let me put it on the screen here. You want to see what it looks like? Yes. Yes. Uh, I have it right here. I just got to expand it so you can really see what this thing looks like. Look at that. Ooh. This was something uh, I read that uh, Lovecraft dreamed about as a child. Oh, really? He would see it crawling over the edge of his bed. Oh, my God. In his nightmares. And he said, one day I will create that creature. And it will be the creature that kills Mrs. O'Lady. <laughs> no! Because on its turn, it does a few things. First of all, it tries to maintain the grapple. Crushes it. Oh. Surprise, I get surprise. so many bonuses to maintain it, you had no chance. Then, it flies up into the air with you. Flies Trick. up into the mist. Triggering five attacks of opportunity. Triggering five attacks of, well, uh, whoever has a melee weapon out will get an attack of opportunity. My yes. sister yes. Yes. living Sickle. weapon! Natural 20! Oh. Yes. Natural fucking 20! Yes! Oh! Critical yes. threat! Critical threat! Critical! Critical! Critical threat! Roll the confirm! Natural 17 on the confirm! Oh my god. Wow. Oh my uh, god. That's. Hold on. Chris from Moscow, Ohio. Yeah! The Picard maneuver. With an incredible rush of adrenaline, you move with an unbelievable burst of speed, double damage, and you may, you may immediately take a five-foot step, leaving a mirror image of yourself behind that lasts one round. In addition, you can make one extra attack at your normal bonus. No save. Skid, I love your Star Trek references. Have fun explaining this one. Wow. That is cool as hell. Nice. I literally didn't even see that when I picked it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. You're all going to get this attack. You're going to get this attack. You're going to get this attack. And Eric is going to get this attack. If you kill it, there's a chance Mrs. O'Lady will survive. If you do not kill this thing, I'm telling you right now, there is a very small chance she will survive. Roll damage. Well, clearly I've taken inspiration from Captain Kirk's Corbomite maneuver. Yeah! We thought that this was a Kobayashi Maru situation. But there, there is hope. 
Make it so, Mr. Data. Come on, come on. That is 13 points of damage. Okay, and then still alive. You get another attack. And I get another attack. Your normal attack bonus. Uh, 11. Miss. Okay. Okay. Halster. Come on, Halster. Oh, come on. Let's get a Philly special right here. Uh, Oh, that's not good. uh, 18 to hit. Come on. Was that an 18? Yeah, it's a 10 on the die. Or an 8 on the die plus 10. Either way it works. That's a hit. Yeah! Nine points of damage. Ooh, all right. It all comes down to the one and only. Still alive, special guest Eric Mona. Eric, 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 Eric. Come on, dude. Come on, dude. I got a 12. Oh, no. I'm sorry. That is a miss. Eric Mona, Tiny Murder Clown, misses. I hate this game. It maintains the grapple, and it lifts Mrs. O'Lady into the air. Fly check to see if it can go straight up. Natty 19 on the fly check. He can't stop right now. Crush City behind this screen. Lifts you up 20 feet. You are now concealed by the mist. And we'll see you next year, everybody. Oh! Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then-unheard-of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. 